Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Star of stage and screen, Rachel McElroy, joining me in the studio oh, gosh. today. Star of stage and oh gosh, ear, oh, stop. Rachel McElroy, y'all. Oh gosh. There is no living with her now that she's had <laughs> the taste. I make Griffin applaud for me anytime I enter a room. It's true. She gives me a face, and it's a very stinky face. Um, mm-hmm. That is to say, mm-hmm. uh, please, please clap, which is a funny Jeb Bush joke. <laughs> Listen, that year, that whole year, was extraordinarily bad. The 2016, one of the worst. I think we can all agree that the Jeb Bush <laughs> please clap thing is still pretty freaking great. But yeah, that's Rachel. She's just a real, um, just a real hound you for, know, the, for the got, spotlight. I got a taste. Got in the taste. And now I know Do why you like the taste? You have devoted your whole life to performance. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, I live it for the taste. Mm-hmm. That's not true. I don't particularly like the taste, but the taste, <laughs> the, the taste puts food on the table that I can taste in other ways. That's my preferred Ooh. taste. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you all. For, I hope you all enjoyed our live show that we put up last week. We it was, enjoyed it. It was very, very fun. And... I, I can't stop thinking about doing it in other cities and how much it will be infinitely magnitudes more difficult because I don't know any city, maybe maybe Huntington, but like I don't know any city as much as well, Austin. Like if we go like to Minneapolis, I I don't know. We can just talk about things we like about the central time zone. We could do M- Milwaukee and I could do like the, the, the bit from Wayne's World. That's about as good as I'm mm-hmm. going to pull. Um... You know any small wonder? I do, yes. What is it? Uh, one, we have selected all of uh, the items we will be purchasing for Christmas. Oh, that's good. And it is, what, December 4th? 4th. Yeah, we're paring, paring we down never, a bit. We have never finished this early, and I am super excited about it. Me too, because it allows you to do more stuff than just like, what can I get in two days on Amazon? Exactly. Which is exciting. Like, there's some gifts in there. I'm really excited. I love, y'all know, I love this season. And I love mm-hmm. giving gifts. And I love trying to think of the best gift, the most thoughtful gift that they're going to, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see that spark that, <gasps> you know, I, you know what I mean? I want, I want to see that. <gasps> you went to Jared's spark. I want that Jared spark. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Ultimate comes out on Friday. My favorite character I'm looking forward to the most is Jared Spark. Um, <laughs> he's got this new move that's so uh-huh. great. Um, that's my small wonder. Holy shit. Super Smash? Super Smash Ultimate. Every character that's ever been a Smash Brothers game, plus like a dozen new characters. It's like every so Smash that menu combined, up top is going to be it's pretty gonna be deep. F- but you have to like unlock them all through like this campaign oh, story mode. God, oh, you love unlocking things. I love unlocking shit. That's yeah. good. Uh, my other small wonder is... I've been trying to think of the best way to say this. My favorite small wonder is when the when the dentist is done. <laughs> you mean like you're you're locked away and finished? When yeah, when he says, "Oh, As, all done, I'll finish." When I hear my dentist, um, I go to a, a place here in Austin. I like it's the probably the longest I've gone to a dentist. Do you want to buzz market him? No. Um, <laughs> Uh, mostly because like our, our fans will like go there and I don't want anybody to, I don't want his, tell me about his teeth. I don't want Griffin McElroy's teeth. I don't want to know, personally know any mouths that his hand has also been inside. And maybe Mm. that's petty of me. Um, (laughs) but I was watching some, what was I watching? I was watching some West Wing for some reason. It was a panic choice. Can I say for the, the fact that you get to do that makes me so jealous. Watch television. There is nothing on in my dentist's office. Awesome. And there's like a TV screen that like is on this big 360 lever from the ceiling. It looks awesome. It looks like Gladys from the, from the portal games. But Mm -hmm. anyway, um, when, they're doing the stuff in your mouth and yes. you're watching the TV and you're like, I, my hands always get so sore because I realize I'm just like, I'm trying to keep my face calm. And so I'm just like <laughs> clutching my hands together. Yeah. I guess I don't love the dentist, but um, when he says, oh, all done, that sense of relief of just like, yes, yes. Yeah, no, that's a good one. No more. Den- also, he Novocaine me. He only needed one shot this time. It was so good. A lot of the time it takes more. I got a hearty mouth. <laughs> I think you go first this week. Can I can I just share another small wonder, just real quick? I wish you would, yeah. just real, real quick. I like small wonders. Our uh, 
our wedding anniversary is this week. It is. It's, it's coming not, up. It's not soon. exactly a small wonder, but I I don't want to devote a whole segment oh, to shit. it. Oh shit! It comes out the same day as Smash. I know what we're doing all day. Oh jeez. You want to unlock another year of our marriage? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I'm excited too. We're going to get some fancy sushi. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's our five year. That's a big one. That's a big one. You know what? You know what the the present is for five year? Uh, wood. Yeah. You've been also doing some research. I've been doing some research too. I did. I thought for about 14 seconds, like bought you a canoe. Well, could I make? Could I whittle her something? That was literally my thought. I was like, can I whittle her something meaningful? Bought you a grand piano. And then my only thought was, how do you, <clears throat> it would have to be pretty short if you whittle it out of like a, I only know how to get sort of planks. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where to go to get a big block of wood that I can whittle something yeah, out yeah. of. So I gave up immediately. I bought you a, an old timey schoolhouse. Oh boy, babe. Mm-hmm. Put it in the backyard. That'll be cute. I was trying to think of stuff made of wood, and I got and you boat. got went to old timey schoolhouse. I said I like. boat, okay, like canoe. Yeah, and then next thing came to mind, old timey schoolhouse. Put it all back. I'll do coyote school for coyotes and raccoons and owls. We heard an owl that was like outside our window oh all night last night. So loud, it was so cool. We have to start doing our wonders. Okay, okay, okay. Now I know we've talked about fall. But I want to get a little granular, if that's okay. Okay. I want to talk about pretty leaves. Okay. So we've talked about fall. We've talked about jumping in a big pile of leaves. Mm-hmm. This is less how they feel. I'm talking specifically about the color. This is the visual <laughs> sort of element. Because I would say across the country, we've we've had a real a real pretty show of leaves this year. Yes. Especially here in Austin, where usually it's just like green, 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 dead. Exactly. Now we're getting some color, some pop, 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 pop. And I did a little research on how that happens. Do you know? I have no fucking idea. Right? I didn't either. Like, why do they change colors? It's not every tree. I know that. Pine uh-huh. trees do not change colors. It'd be fucking wild if they did. Wouldn't that be wild? Look at that red pine tree. That probably exists oh, now that I said gosh. that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would I be some- think about that. would be some alien world shit. I'd be into that. Uh, so I found this great article in the Washington Post that really, like, succinctly kind of describes how it happens. Okay. So photosynthesis, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh-huh. It's where uh, the plant eats the light to turn it into yeah. fuel for its stems. It turns stems. Uh, water and the carbon dioxide in the air into sugar. Mm. That's why the, when you eat a flower, it's so sweet like candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the chlorophyll in the plants absorbs the sunlight and it happens to be green. Right. I'm with you so far. I do know this stuff. So as the winter approaches, the sun stays up for less time each day, which makes it hard for the chlorophyll to keep the trees sugared up. Trees okay. stop producing new chlorophyll because doing so would be a waste of energy and so there's none left. So so they go into like hibernation mode? Well, there's less light and so they stop producing it because they know that they won't get the sustenance they need. Okay. You know, like the chlorophyll is dependent on the sunlight and there's less sunlight. And so they're like, well, let's just stop making the chlorophyll because there's no sun for us. I'm with you. So chlorophyll usually steals the spotlight. It's like the most dominant color. Very bright green. But leaves also contain other pigments, uh, which are like the ones that make carrots orange and egg yolks yellow. Beta carotene. Is that what makes carrots? Oh, man. I'm not, I, I, I just did the leaves, Griffin. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you're telling me that basically the leaves are always yellow and red and other shit. Yeah, it's but just you can't the, see it. You can't see it because of the chlorophyll. The chlorophyll's getting that sunlight and just monopolizing. When the sunlight is gone, uh, that's when we start to see the other colors. Uh, so the exact coloring is a mix of red, orange, and yellow pigments. Uh, environmental conditions change how much there is of each, such as sun exposure, soil moisture, and temperature. Uh, eventually, uh, the frost will kill off all the pigments, but tannin, which is brown. So that's why the leaves turn brown. Okay. Um, the all very... The leaves are brown, the leaves. <laughs> Do you know that song? Uh-huh. Is that the zombies? No. Who is it? Mamas and the Papas. Ah, uh, you're going to have to look it up. I don't know. I think it's the mamas and the papas, but go ahead. Uh, so the very uh, cells of the leaf start to break down as well, uh, which makes them fragile and dry, and then eventually they'll fall. 
Okay. I figured that that's why they got fragile and dry is because of death. So the reason that we had such a beautiful fall is because Austin uh, in September and October got almost 16 inches of rain. Which was great for some of the people in Austin and very, very bad for some others. Yes. Which uh, that in combination with a cooler than average September and October kind of kept the leaves around long enough for the days to get short. And so we got some color. Two questions. Okay. Mrs. Tree expert. Oh, gosh. This is all I have on the page. Well, (laughs) then just say some stuff that sounds right. All right. All right. All right. Um, All right. Basically, when you see a bunch of pops of color yes. on trees, yes. it's because the trees are suffocating, basically, which is kind of kind of ruins it a little bit for me. They're like, mm, getting pretty hungry. I know it's, I'm down here like, ooh, look at all the pretty autumnal colors. Mm, this really mm-hmm. makes my, my uh, you know, earth and tone sweater really pop. But you the tree is like, like, I'm dying, I'm dying, help. You know what I like to think about? What? If I were to make an analogy, I would say it's almost like the trees are going to sleep. Oh. And you know how at night... Your you- hair falls out. <laughs> your hair changes color and falls out of your fucking head. Yeah. I love that when that happens. You know how you develop a routine mm. in which you don't have to pee in the middle of the night? Okay, yes. The trees are just holding it until the spring. Second question. Okay. How come plants like a flower if i plant a flower outside and then winter comes it dies and it's gone how come a tree doesn't just like fully die in the winter it waits until spring and then all of its hair grows back well they can hold a lot of water in those big old roots you know oh so they just like evacuate go way down into the ground where there's more water the tree bunker Mm -hmm. okay so less sunlight but you know the water's still there I love it. Mm-hmm. I love these bright colors. What's the most best colorful tree stuff you ever seen? I mean, I love a red. No, I mean like, <laughs> where have you gone? Where have you like seen the best trees? Did they do? Did it pop off in St. Louis? I imagine it did. It did. Yeah, we got a good fall uh, in St. Louis. I mean, um, we got to see some good fall in Japan when we went. We did. Went in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you, West Virginia's got some pretty banging fall. Yeah. Pretty much pretty much the most banging. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, can I tell you about my first thing? Yes. My first thing's weird. Okay. I don't know why it's my first thing. My first thing is outdoor equipment slash camping tech is what I have written down here. This is interesting to me. Can I say why? Yes. Uh, you're not a camper. Thank you, Rachel. Yes, that is my um, the first thing that I have down here on the paper. I think anybody <laughs> who has listened to any three episodes of any podcast I've ever done in any sequence probably have enough clues to put together that I am not an avid outdoors man. Can I also say something? I don't really much like camping either, so I'm okay with that. I like being outdoors. I yes. don't like sleeping on the ground. I, I This was one of my last points in this segment, but maybe I should put it up front. Okay. I... I think I wish I was more of an outdoorsman because on paper, I like it. Uh, hiking, just conceptually, I think is fucking great, right? Like you're going out there and connecting with nature. There is something deep down inside me that really grooves on that. And I've gone on some mm-hmm. great hikes when we went up into the mountains outside of uh, Denver and Colorado and went to that like um, like mountaintop uh, like little lake uh, while I was at a, like a bachelor's party out there. It was one of the best hikes, probably the best hike I've ever been on. It was gorgeous. And I had a great time. And then I got very, 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 very tired. You probably thought I was going to say hi. That is also <laughs> true. Um, so like, I like that, but it's not like my favorite thing. I'm never like itching to do it. And yet, oh, also last time I went camping, I got diarrhea so bad. I thought I was going to die. And so I swore it off. But there it is. But. And yet, whenever I'm confronted with an advertisement for outdoor equipment slash camping tech, there is a that part inside of me that lights up whenever I desire something. Yeah. Lights up. And I don't I'm 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 not entirely certain why that is. It's like when we went to REI, you remember? When we went to REI, I thought I was going to fucking dissolve. We got like a sun hat for Henry that he has never worn. No. Just because we like couldn't leave that store without purchasing something. I bought a coffee tumbler. 
It's that one right there. Yeah. I had a coffee tumbler. I just felt like <laughs> if I didn't buy that, I was going to buy an ice pick or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, ice ice axe. See, I don't even know what this shit is called. It's not an ice pick. Um, I, but like, yeah, fancy weatherproof jackets, uh, a fancy multi-tool, a nice big palatial tent. Um, I want them. I want them very badly when I see them. I want all of them. When I was a kid, there was a Christmas where like the thing I wanted most uh, out of everything was this little multi-tool that had like a little telescope and a flashlight and a laser pointer on it and a little waterproof sort of uh, (laughs) compartment and a magnifying glass. Uh, and I saw it in like a, a catalog in like a magazine. I was like, that's the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen. I want that so bad. And I, I, I did get it. And then I <laughs> never used it for its intended purpose. I had some fun with the laser pointer because it was, you know, the nineties, but, um, yeah. So this is, this is a thing that has lived inside of me for a very long time. One of my favorite books when I was younger was Hatchet, which oh, was, yeah. which is basically all about the acquisition of better, Outdoor equipment slash camping tech. Yeah, I mean, is it is it something primal? Like, is it some kind of like hunter gatherer instinct? I I would hope it's not that right because yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. No, and that doesn't feel right for like your personality in general. Yes, but specific. Whenever I see shit like this, I want to get it because like I, the idea of having a large collection of it when it would be useful is very cool. But on the flip side, hatchet wise. It would also be cool to just have just to find my one tool, my one outdoor tool that I can just wander into the wilderness with just this one thing and like get shit done. Maybe it's a hatchet. Maybe Gary Paulson had it fucking figured Mm -hmm. out. Um, I think it's not like prepper instincts either. Like it's certainly it's certainly not that for me. I think if 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 I were to try and diagnose this. Yes. I think it's because that stuff. Like when you load up, uh, people who go like backpacking, people who uh, hike the Appalachian Trail, I know people like that who like have to figure out every gram of weight that they carry with them in their backpacks um, and like uh, put themselves through horrific, horrific like physical situations to go on this like life changing journey. The stuff you take with you on that is the closest thing to a real life, like modern day rpg inventory that you're basically gonna get i feel like okay i see the cool you know multi-tool axe in on on my facebook advertisement or whatever the fuck i see that and i think like i think like man what what are the what are the stats on that bad boy can i tell you my theory yes i think it's it's like another room in your house and there's all this stuff that goes with it like you get kind of used to seeing like lamps and chairs and sure. couches. And when you go to, you know, a store, it's kind of a lot of the same thing. But when you're looking at like a tent or like a, like a lantern, it's like, mm. I don't see this every day. Yeah. Like this is, it's like a whole new realm of accessories that don't exist in your daily life. And so there's like novelty to that's it. That's for sure. That For sure. Like that's, yeah. that's how the human brain works, right? Yeah. I think I think like the biggest thing is that they when I see the cool multi-tool axe that folds out into a fucking tent and also like distills water, I see that and I think I I think I see it as like a window into a parallel world where I am a big burly mountain man. Oh, or yeah. or if not like an alternate reality like this reality with a bit of work. No, that's got to be part of it too. If I get that if I get the axe that turns into a tent and distills water and also scares bears away because it's got a picture of the only thing that bears are afraid of, <laughs> um, which is uh, you know. A, Guy Fieri, a, a bigger bear. Uh, oh. Guy Fieri also. Mm-hmm. He's more a friend to the bear. Anyway, um, I see that and I think like I could, if I get that, maybe I could be the outdoorsman, yeah. which is probably the fucking intended use case for these advertisements. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure, but God, I can't help it, man. Anything, anything I see, I see any outdoor tech, and I think, fuck, that looks good. And I don't think I've given up on the twist where I will become a big burly outdoorsman. I think it's still coming. Not yeah, this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Henry will want to become an outdoorsman and oh. you'll want to support that journey. Yes, but I will have to, I will be struggling to stay afloat because he'll be like, hey, show me how to tie a rope. And I'll be like, oh yeah, sure. Google how to fucking tie a rope. 
<laughs> All right, watch this YouTube video. Actually, you go over there. Those berries look edible. Go get those. I'm going to watch this YouTube video. <laughs> hey, can I steal you away? What's a song that you can fit uh into? I know. I'm having a hard time right now. Last week, I just played the actual Home Improvement Stinger. I know. And there were people in the Facebook group that had never heard it before. I really liked it. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just do that again. Maybe I'll, you know what? I have so much like music equipment and now software. Oh, you could, I could just fucking something. produce remix, remix it every week, a new different remix of the home improvement. I would need to, <laughs> I would love to see the sheet music <laughs> because it's, I imagine it's just, you know, it's some, uh, what quarter notes going down the, 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 what's it called? The staff. And it's just going down, 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 down. But then the, uh, would be like, a bunch of extremely close, like 64th notes, like going up like microtones and shit. I love it. It's beautiful. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in wow the yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Hey, we got some Jumbo Drones too. Their first one here is uh, for Kale, and it's from Josh, who says, Hello, my beautiful bean. You are so... I don't know why I'm saying this in a movie trailer voice. Hello, my beautiful bean. You are so wonderful. The last three years of my life have been truly amazing, and it's all because of you. You inspire me daily, and I love you so, so much. Living with you has been an absolute joy, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for us. Yeehaw. That's so good, Griffin. It's the nose surgery I got, I think. Okay. I get comments all the time like, uh, who, your voice changed a lot. And I think it did, and it lets me get down to these registers like a Batman. Hey, can I try? Yeah. This next message is for Stephen, with a V. It is from Teresa. Happy birthday to my best bud. Mayor Pete couldn't come celebrate this year, but our fave McElroys are here. Thanks for sharing a home with me. Hope we're thriving when it this airs. There's no one I'd rather travel, eat fun foods, jam to Hamilton, snuggle with than you. 
Remember you're halfway to 50, but at least KH3 is finally coming out. I love you. And now it's time for everyone's favorite game show. Rachel, what does KH3 stand for? KH3. Mm-hmm. Do you want a hint? Yes. Winnie the Pooh is in it, and so is Sephiroth. Oh, Kingdom of Hearts 3. Close enough. $50. So, hey, if you want to get Jumbotrons on the show, we are about to put up for raffle uh, spots on our show for the first half of 2019. There are a lot of people who come out for this way, way more than we are able to um, help because we have only so many slots on our show. Uh, so we are going to be doing a drawing, and so people are going to be chosen at random, uh, and you'll be able to purchase a Jumbotron uh, that will go up on the first half of 2019 if you if you get selected. Uh, just to let you know, in the past, we have invited um, businesses to submit Jumbotrons. This year, we will not be doing that. No, I'm going to personal but, Yeah, we will encourage you to submit your personal messages starting December 5th. Listeners can head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron Drawing to enter a drawing to purchase one of the limited Jumbotron spots on Wonderful. Now, I know you're wondering, hey, that's today. Maybe they'll put it up late in the day. Who knows? Maybe I'll email (laughs) Maximum Fun about this literally right as soon as we finish recording the episode. Well, and the drawings open until December 21st. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. The good thing about a drawing is that your name is in a hat, regardless of whether you did it today. Or a goblet. Or tomorrow. A goblet of fire. Or the day after that. Throw your personal, throw your inside joke to your D&D crew into the goblet of fire. Oh, you're going on a journey I can't join. I know. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'll read Lord of the Rings to you while you're asleep or something. <laughs> uh, if you have questions, you can email Daniel at MaximumFun.org. Uh, and again, that's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron Drawing. Hey, it's Janet Varney of the JV Club Podcast, and I am so excited to be joining Maximum Fun. If you're not yet familiar with the JV Club, it's a podcast with me and some of my favorite women, and in the summer, men, as we explore the highs and lows of our terrible teenage years into our adult lessons. For example, hear about Allison Bree's humiliating moment at a gymnastics competition, experience the shame of a knocked-out tooth with Jamila Jamil, or drop in as John Hamm imagines what would happen if Bambi met Godzilla. So join me and all my once-awkward, often-still-awkward friends every Thursday by subscribing to the JV Club on MaximumFun.org. What is your second thing? I need it now. I need it right now. I'm 99% sure that it's going to be great. Will you please give me your second thing? It's the Zamboni. Fuck yes! 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 Do you feel this energy between us right now? Rachel and I just had an electric moment. Uh-huh. Do you want to stop recording for a minute? And explore, explore it? No, let's talk about the Zamboni. But you talking about the Zamboni isn't going to, no pun intended, cool me down. Um, you want to know what's funny? The word Zamboni? Yes. <laughs> There's so many good parts. I don't know. What, what's your favorite part of the word Zamboni? Is it the Zam or is it the Boney? Because Boney is so great. You can't take one without the other, I don't it's think. It's true. I, I don't think I could pick a, a part of that. It's so true. Can I tell you something else that's funny? Yes. Um, I had no idea where the name came from. Probably dude's name, huh? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> You know it has to be that. Nobody would ever look at this ice smoothing machine and just be like, I mean, you know what I'm going to call that? Uh, Boozabo. Now let's try again. Um, Manzabu? No. Because my knowledge of geography was so limited, I really thought maybe there was like an Italian city. A Zamboni. Called Zamboni. <laughs> no, there's not. Um, but there probably was a man named Zamboni. There was actually. Johnson. Frank Joseph Zamboni Jr. Fuck yes. It's such a good, powerful name for a man, mm-hmm. too. Can you imagine, like, for, for any person, it's a powerful name. To say, hello, I am Zamboni. To say that out no. loud. To, there probably are Zambonis walking around today that can say, like, what's there your name? There are, for sure. I am Zamboni. There are, for sure. Fucking great. Uh, so, Frank Zamboni 
uh, his family in 1940 opened an ice rink. Uh, and it's an ice rink that they continue to own today. So there are definitely Zambonis still walking around. That's great. Uh, so he he kind of dipped his toe into the patent arena uh, because he invented a, a piping system for the rink that eliminated rippling. <laughs> We've got to explore this because, yes, of course, I also don't think I would look at a Zamboni and be like, that's somebody's first invention. It's perfect. There had to be a few like dry runs. Also, we didn't even consider this. Is it kind of wild to name your big ice smoothing machine after your own last name? If a I inv- bit. if I invented a, a personal helicopter that you could just hold on to, like a drone that would fly you from place to place, and it became the dominant form of transit, I wouldn't call it a McElroy because that's wild to me. But Zamboni is such a good word. He had it. It's I'm not judging. I know. I did think about that of like if you invented something and your name became synonymous with it. Yeah. Like what qualities would it need to have to make you feel comfortable with it? And don't take my personal flight drone away from idea away from me. I'm going to mail this podcast episode to myself. Uh, okay. So he obtained a patent in 1946 for his rink technology. What was it, the pipes thing to prevent rippling? Do you I, understand what that means? I am not exactly sure. It was, it was. Is it pipes inside of the ice itself? It was common that, that when you laid down pipes to make an ice rink, uh, to keep the rink frozen, it would often cause ripple. Oh, I see. So the 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 pipes would be cold to keep the water frozen. I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about old, know. you know, 1940s ice rink construction. <laughs> I don't know anything about 2010s ice rink construction. Uh, if any listeners minored in ice rink construction, if you could reach out to us and let us know. That's not true. I watched how a curling course was made, and I imagine that um, uh, ice rinks are similar. So in 1949, he took a task which had previously involved five men uh, and 90 minutes uh, and turned it into a one-man 15-minute job uh, by creating the ice resurfacer. Ugh, Zamboni's a way better name than that. (laughs) Ice resurfacer makes me feel like I'm in school or something. (laughs) Uh, The initial machine included a hydraulic cylinder from an A-20 attack plane, a chassis from an oil derrick, a Jeep engine, a wooden bin to catch the shavings, and a series of pulleys. Fuck yes. That is, that's so Isn't much that awesome shit. Incredible. It's, when World War II ended, was it just like, well, we got all this shit lying around. I think Let's so. Let's invent some wild stuff. I think so. Yeah. I love the, like, the Jeep engine in combination with the cylinder from the attack plane. Yeah, that's the most American vehicle. Like, I would have a thought of, like, why don't we just take a car and yeah. put skis on it? <laughs> you know? That's but Rachel. He... Again, This we emailed, we mailed this to ourselves. Do not take Rachel's ski car away from her. Uh, so... Um, Frank wasn't thinking that he was going to make a whole business out of this. He was really just focused on kind of on his own ice rink. Um, but then the Chicago Blackhawks placed an order. Oh. Uh, and it just kind of grew from there. Well, uh, yeah. I, I, but you fixed something so important. At the same time, though. The fact that it was five men for 90 minutes. It's wild. Previously. But supply and demand. How many ice rinks are there? Do you have this information? I have an uh, information about how many Zambonis are produced a year. I will be so fucking curious to hear this because it will be equivalent to the number of ice rinks that exist around the world. And I can't imagine that number is huge. Well, they last for a long time. Sure. Uh, So only about 200 are made a year. That's still a lot more than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Uh, but since 2010, the uh, Zamboni family is pulling in 20 million in estimated annual sales. From two, so each one of them costs. Hold on, a hundred thousand? No way. Well, no. So here's the thing. So the most inexpensive models are around ten thousand, but the most expensive are in the low six figures. So okay. it makes sense. I think. I kind of. I guess. Uh, and I guess the fancy ones are for like NHL teams and like yeah, Olympic exactly. prep. And then the the cheaper ones are for like the probably the place I played curling at. So he he took his legacy a little bit further. In the 1970s, he invented machines to remove water from outdoor artificial turf surfaces, to remove paint stripes from the same surfaces, uh, to roll up and lay down artificial turf in domed stadiums, 
and then in 1983, an automatic edger to remove ice buildup from the edges of rinks. This is the Zamboni Six. It takes the it smooths down the edges of the ice rink. I'm just picturing like it's always the same vehicle, but just with different attachments. Different yeah. <laughs> so like, like if that. if he's gonna be rolling up astroturf, it's just like a Zamboni, but like with a little with a little um little twister on the end. I'm envisioning the car that they drive in the middle of Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory that like the bubbles are coming out of uh-huh. and it gets really yucky and it has like all that stuff coming off of it. It's fun to use your imagination sometimes. <laughs> uh, so do you want to know how a Zamboni works? <laughs> I imagine it puts hot water down and then immediately like mops it up and polishes. You're close. Okay. That is part of it. But also it's a blade ranging from 77 to 96 inches that cuts the ice. Oh, interesting. And it's a very like minimal amount. It's like one thirty second of an inch. But does it use water as well? I'm getting there, Griffin. Oh boy, I'm just so excited (laughs) to get to the water. It's my favorite part of the Zamboni. So this little process of removing the small amount of ice can get about 60 feet of, cubic feet of ice from a rink over the course of just one resurfacing. Jesus. It moves about nine miles an hour. Uh, the machine collects the shavings generated by the blade and sends the shavings into the machine's snow tank. A wash tank directs water to a conditioner, which rinses the ice. A front squeegee collects the dirty water And then the machine dispenses warm water through the holes at the back, where a towel smooths it as it freezes along the surface. The snow tank inside of the Zamboni, it carves up the snow, it carves up the ice and sucks it into the snow tank. Do they then take that out into the lobby? Make snow cones. Make snow cones out of it. I'm almost 100% sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Zambonis, if you had to guess how much they weigh in pounds, what would you say? Can I use tons? I don't know how to convert pounds to tons. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 4,500 pounds. Between 7,000 and 11,000 pounds. It's a big old boy, isn't it? It's a big boy. Absolute unit, this one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to close this segment other than just say I love them. I always get really excited at the end of every period in a hockey game. Um, You see that little Zamboni go around. And yeah. you just think all about, like, who's that man that's just driving it? Luckiest guy in the world. You don't need a special license or certification to drive a Zamboni. You'd probably be drunk off your fucking rocker. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it doesn't handle very well. I imagine, Which yes. is not surprising. It's an 11,000 pound monster. I got this idea because uh, I was listening to Stop Podcasting Yourself, and they were talking about Zambonis, and how there, I guess there are some ice rinks that will, like, let people ride on them as, like, a special treat in between periods. I like that. Mm-hmm. I approve of that. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you about my second thing? Yes. It's going to be quick. Okay. Uh, my second thing is Katamari Damacy. I feel like you know about this just through the through the cloud, through the ether of nerd shit. That... I mean, I know about it because you've talked about it. Okay. Not on this show, though, before, right? I don't think so. If you're not familiar, Katamari Damacy is a game series uh, that has sort of spanned different consoles. It first came out in 2004 on the PlayStation 2 as Katamari Damacy, uh, and since then has come out in a bunch of different places. And this month it's coming out on Switch with a new game that I'm super, super excited about. If you've never played, you are a little guy. I think you're like five centimeters tall. You got a little ball called a Katamari. You roll it around into stuff to stick it to your ball and using that process your ball gets bigger the bigger your ball gets the bigger stuff you can roll up so and that process can expand infinitely so like the most satisfying part of playing any katamari damacy game is like the level where you start out in like a kid's playroom and you're rolling up dice and pencils and push pins and coins and then all of a sudden you're rolling up you know traffic cones and dogs and then you're rolling up people and bikes and then cars and then buildings and then mountains and then planets and then like the whole galaxy you're rolling up and your big ball is so satisfying is there a way to win or lose this game yes it's actually kind of a punishing game sometimes um the 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 general hook of the game usually is and i'll use like the first katamari damacy is like the the boilerplate for this uh you are the son of the king of all cosmos uh who is a character who's a kind of a lazy 
um, larger than life dude who has destroyed all of the celestial bodies in existence. And it's up to you to remake them by rolling up shit on earth and then firing it into the sky. So it can become a constellation, but there'll be levels where it's like, you have 10 minutes to get your ball up to 50 centimeters. And so you got to kind of hurry and figure out like your path through like which stuff you're going to roll up first. So you can, and sometimes there's like a barricade between like you and a door that leads outside that you have to be like, you know, 30 centimeters before you can even make it out there. So it'll open up like new access points into the level. It's very satisfying. I really, um, I, I really like the game. It's from a director named uh, Keita Takahashi, who uh, has made, I think, a couple other games, and all of them are very strange. And I really enjoy when this game came out in 2004, uh, there was like no buzz about it whatsoever. Like at least none that I can remember. And then it ended up being like a, like the definition of a sleeper hit. Well, it's hard to kind of pitch if you think about it. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Kotaku actually just ran a story about like the, like ridiculous process Keita Takahashi had to go through to like get Namco Bandai to make this game uh, because like they didn't even have a formalized process for like pitching uh, games from people like working in the development like field for them and so like he had to go through jump through all these hoops because he believed in his game design so much and when it, he had to give that pitch I can't imagine it was anything other than you're a little guy with a ball and you roll up st- stuff to make it <laughs> yeah. bigger uh, and yet like that process I find so like meditative and Mm-hmm. like enjoyable um and there's also like the the original like game the like there is a message in it about like mass consumption and how we have way way too much shit than we need because you like look around a level and it's just full of stuff uh and and so there's like an element of of that as well um I just really like the game. I like the aesthetic of it. Like everything moves around like it's on like a slot car track. Like people move around in like specific little cycles and aren't very well animated. So when you roll them up, you feel like you're just like rolling up big toys or something like that. It's very bright and colorful. Um, And if you want to get like really serious about it, there are like leaderboards because you can try and make the biggest ball in 10 minutes or um, there are levels where you can only roll up bears and so you go around rolling up like little oh, teddy bears and little gummy bears. and That's good. Uh, yeah. And then like you're rolling up actual bears. But if you roll over anything that's not a bear, the level ends immediately. And that's the that's the, the size of the thing that you have made. Uh, it gets really clever about it. Uh, stuff like that sometimes. Uh, yeah. I've always really, really enjoyed these games. And I uh, used to get like super, super into them. I don't think I don't ever played like the iOS game. There's an iOS game that as far as I understand is not necessarily like the other uh, Katamari games. Uh, the other thing I really, really like about it that I think really makes it stand out is the music is so good. I don't know if I've ever played you any of the music from the games, but like it has, uh, as strange as the game is, it's like soundtrack is just as eclectic. Like it has these like swinging tunes with like lounge singers singing over it for their, for their like main theme song. soft sweet gentle accordion music as you're just like floating through the stars it's all like it all is a very very cohesive like uh presentation for like the weirdest fucking thing you've ever seen and i just love like I think it is genuinely difficult to make like a new video game that doesn't like retread any of the ground of any video game that came before it just by like law of large numbers. There have been so many video games that have explored so many different things that you can do. And watching a game come out that like has nothing to do with any game that has ever come before it. It is so unique. Uh, And then that game became like a huge success. Like I can't imagine how um, satisfying that must be as like a a creator of that game of just like, yeah, that's my new genre of games I just gave birth to that everybody loves. And it's rolling up stuff game. Um, (laughs) I just, I I really like it. I I feel like anybody who creates stuff, whatever it is, like aspires to do that one day. Um, Yeah. It's it's just incredibly inventive. Like there's so many games that, have kind of a similar construction and that one is just so unique and there's something also kind of timeless about it like i could go back and play the original playstation katamari damacy like right now uh and even though like i I played it a lot when it first came out like the act of rolling up small stuff so you can roll up bigger stuff like that never 
ever gets old. It's interesting to me that you brought this and you also talked about, about Smash that. Brothers at the top. Oh, I was thinking about like buying outdoor gear and how like oh. I don't I don't need that <laughs> stuff. Um, no, I was thinking more about the uh, the diversity of your interests. Yeah, like lots of different stuff. Um, listen, we're probably going to do besties like here in a couple weeks or so. I need to save up all of my video game talking juice for then. Okay. You want me to ring out what I just got? Uh, yeah, please. Gamer fuel. Load up. I regret immediately. The Mountain Dew protein powder. Oh, was that a thing? Because it sounds like it could have been. Oh, it's like fire in my eyes. So thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. Hey, can we hear some listeners? Yeah, I'm going to thank Bowen and Augustus first. Okay. I'll find a link to that in the episode description. Do you want some listener submissions? Yeah. Got one here. It's from Madeline. Or perhaps Madeline. I apologize. Uh, they say, one thing I love is that every year from November 1st to New Year's, my family burns scented candles that smell like firewood, a fir tree, and fresh winter air. I look forward to it every year, and the holidays just aren't the holidays without them. Oh my gosh, we are we are like 24 hours candle on, on candle. Uh, a lot of it is is thanks to listener Erica Huff. Thank you, Erica Huff. does Wick Habit candles. I'd recommend them. They have a whole Stardew Valley line that... Uh, really? Well, I think she may have made those special for oh, us. Oh, well, never mind. They're, <laughs> they're off menu. Uh, here's one from Julie who says, Something I find wonderful is when you have the exact right amount of dip for whatever you're dipping. Yes, Julie. Preach. Oh, I love to space it out so that that works out exactly that way. I don't like that. I don't like... I, I don't want to... Uh, no? I don't want to like... I like part, to ration. I don't want to like... Uh, I want to indulge with every bite. A dipping is such an indulgent. Is there a dip out there that is like not just an indulgent little, mm, maybe salsa? Um, anyway, uh, Julie says, whether it's salsa for your chips or ketchup for your fries, finishing off the dip and the dippable at the same time is the most beautiful feeling. It's so, this may be the most relatable. Yes. Submission we've You know what gotten. it made me think of immediately? What's that? Dunkaroos. Yes. You remember Dunkaroos? Dunkaroos are the like, a lot of like the prepackaged candies and sweet stuff and you know what get comfortable <laughs> dunkaroos you dip it first and i'm including like the snackable like a little it would have like a little cheese packet handy and, like, snacks handy snacks that had like a little red like yeah. plank that you mm-hmm. would scoop onto the crackers yes. the cheese would run out for me by like cracker two and i don't know if i was like being a big cheese boy or you something you're you the dunkables dunk dunkables dunkables what are they called? <laughs> Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos. Were those in the shape of kangaroos? I think so, yes. I would be the chocolate. There was never enough dip in these is what I'm saying. I'm trying to get to, I guess. A fun dip? Exact opposite problem. Yeah, I, way too much dip. Way too much dip. Fun dip, Dunkaroos, meat in the middle. <laughs> Also, we have given away a lot of business ideas. Fun dip would, for me, would always go like this. I just lost my baseball game. <laughs> I bought it at the concession stand for a dollar. Yeah. The first part is so important. I just lost my baseball game by yeah. so many runs. Yeah. I go over to the concession stand. I give them the dollar. They give me the fun dip. I dip it in. I lick it. It's great. It's the best. It's just yeah. straight up yeah. sugar. I'm yes. in it. I do it a second time. It's still pretty good. Although now I'm having trouble getting the dust to stick to the stick. And then I do it like three or four more times. And then I'm so done with it that I just eat the stick outright. And then I guess I'm just like pouring the dust into my mouth. But then uh. I hate that and I throw it away in the garbage can. Oh. My mouth is watering talking about fun dip. <laughs> I have deep, deep memories of, hey, our third thing here. <laughs> It's from Mark, who says, I'm a bartender, and it is infinitely amusing to me that the guy behind Tito's Vodka's last name is Beverage. I know it's not spelled the same way as Beverage, but I like when people's last names are what they do, because what are the odds? This is uh, B-E-V-E-R-I-D-G-E. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Tito's love, Vodka is probably my favorite. Tito's. It's my favorite spirit, it I think. It is a Texas original. Texas original. It goes with it. anything. It's my favorite spirit. Thanks, everyone, I guess. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Great shows on this network. Welcome, uh, JV Club, to the network. What a big fish jesse reeled in this time how great is that i love i love janet varney i love that podcast 
Jana Varney is the absolute best. Uh, I am, I'm very excited to be on the same network as her, and you should be excited to go listen to every episode of, of JV Club. Yeah, it's all about um, people um, speaking to their teen years, uh, and it's, it's famous people. It's people that you're already interested in. We kind of just did that with my whole dipping segment, I feel like. Yeah, you should go on her show and just talk about uh, concession candy. I'll talk about eating the um, tacos Lunchables. Oh, were you one of those kids? I remember very vividly eating one of those at a petting zoo at a church trip and having to go lie down in the van after. (laughs) (laughs) We were at a petting zoo that was modeled after Noah's Ark. And I I climbed up on top of the boat and I ate my tacos Lunchables. And pretty much instant, before I even finished eating it, I think, it had sort of uh, drilled down into the, the, the mantle of my gully works. Oh, little Griffin. Yeah. So I think that's it. And I think I just want to stop the episode because talking about my um, Christian petting zoo diarrhea experience has really um, emotionally exhausted me. <laughs> just going to walk away from this one. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Welcome everyone to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Titan Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tyson Fights Podcast. Tyson Fights.